This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the May 2nd edition of Invest Talk. Our goal is always to give you some help, maybe some useful, give you, provide some useful resources to help you make uh, the best possible money decisions you can make. And no matter who you are, you could be highly educated, executive, or professional, it doesn't matter, very successful in your career. You're going to be challenged. You're going to have very limited time left over to manage money between your job and your family for, you know, you just don't have the time for your personal finances. You just like buy something and just forget about it. Or you don't even buy something, you just let the money build up. So you probably need help. And of course you can reach us at the program 888-99-CHART and ask any questions you want. But uh, you may need more help than that. And you can go to investtalk.com and click on got a question and ask me directly. And we can have a private setting for your question. Anyway, so let's get to right to work answering the questions. I know you hear a lot of stock questions on the program, but we, you don't have to be stock questions. You can ask broader general questions. Anything financial, we'll talk about. Anything about money, how to pay off your mortgage earlier. That's a simple question. Should you get an annuity? Do you need a trust? So let's go to our 24-hour listener line, 888-99-CHARGE. How you reach us anytime. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Carlos in Tucson. You really enjoy your show. My wife and I have accumulated a substantial amount of cash value from several whole life policies taken out in our younger years. Current amounts uh, total in the high six figures. In about five to seven years, these policies will be paid up. What are my options for using this cash value for retirement? I know that uh, I can cancel the policies and take all the cash value out. I also know that I can borrow from the policies and use the borrowed money for retirement or even long-term care and perhaps leave a legacy for my kids. Any other options you can suggest? I appreciate your advice and will listen to your podcast for suggestions. Thank you. Well, there's two others that I can think of at the top of my head. One is you can annuitize it, annuitize it, and what that means is you give all the money to the insurance company with a guaranteed payment, a monthly payment to you in retirement until you or your spouse passes away. Now, when you annuitize something, that means you're giving the money to the insurance company in exchange for a guaranteed payment. That's what that means. Um, now, and that guaranteed payment could be postponed starting five years from now. I mean, it can. Or it can start immediately. If it's postponed, the higher it will be you know, on a monthly basis that they'll pay you. The dangers there are you're relying on the insurance company to pay you. What if the insurance company goes out of business? Okay. Um, you also have, uh, you can, the other thing you can do is you can take the money. Just take it out and invest it. You can invest it in combination of stocks and bonds, all bonds, all, all stock, whatever you want as far as being aggressive or non-aggressive. But in retirement, you want to throw off income. You're looking for income. And you can get about 45 5% these days. Uh, income from money, without taking uh, with taking fifty percent stock risk or less, you can get about four and a half percent on quality bond returns right now, and that's going to go up. 
and you can use a ladder. So those are the things that you can do. Annuitize it, take the money and invest it in uh, income type program. So good luck with that. And, you know, I hope it works for you. After a very long period of calm, the market has awakened and reintroduced volatility. We've been talking about it here on this show all, all year. All this year, anyways. And last year we talked about it in, in the in the sense that there was a lack of volatility. So where does all this come from, this uncertainty? Now, uncertainty is really the driving force behind volatility, uncertainty. It started in February with the fear of inflation, and it still continues today. It's one of our longest corrections in a market we've had for a long, long time. There's a fear of a trade war. you got a number of issues boiling, right? North Korea, Middle East, you know, all kinds of things always, always come into the surface. And the impact of these bits, these headline news, makes people nervous, causes volatility. And that's what you're seeing. And it's been dramatic. Now, during the news-driven events, it's important to keep your mind on the long-term outlook, not the day-to-day -day headlines. Have you been paying attention to the earnings that have been coming out? We'll talk about those later on the show. Now, different economic environments require investing in different types of companies due to the various impacts of GDP growth, inflation, unemployment, business spending, consumer spending. Therefore, you, 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 have, you must completely understand how the fluctuations and the figures affect the companies you hold in your portfolio. You have to understand how it works. Then you can you know, begin to make changes to your portfolio, you know, finding those sectors that are going to work in the environment that we're in. That's what and it's difficult. It's not simple. And after picking the potential winners and entering entering them, you know, entertaining putting them in your portfolio, then you want to limit your losses on them. It's difficult. It's time consuming. Now, is our economy is it growing still? How fast is it growing? Is it it's extremely complex. And because of the complexity you know, you can't base your buy and sell decisions on just one factor. It's a set of factors. Start with the fundamentals. The fundamentals of those companies. Is it economic sensitive? Is it, what is the financial performance? Is it, do they have a lot of cash flow? Are they how much debt they have? What's the competitor environment? The technical analysis of when and where to buy and sell. That gets complicated. You have to know, you have to be knowledgeable about the cycles. Anyways, just know that it is complicated. And you probably do if you've been trying, doing, trying to invest yourself. You probably know that. Let's go to Jerry in Richmond, Virginia. How are you doing, Jerry? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Good. Hey, Steve, I had a question for you. I'm, I'm retired, uh, 69 years old, and uh, uh, my income needs in retirement are pretty much met. I'm retired military. I have a pension. Wife and I both are doing okay. Social Security. For several years, I've been investing uh, using a dividend investment strategy for my stock okay. investments. And today I have sure. about 23 individual stocks. They're primarily blue chip stocks focused on okay. long history of paying dividends and a constant pattern of annual dividend increases. And I guess my simple question is, given what's going on with interest rates, is this strategy... Uh, good going forward? 
Yes. This is why. Good. Um, you know, and, and I know for everybody else, uh, and Jerry, I know you're asking me because interest rates are rising. Maybe you should yeah. do something else to collect more income, right? I mean, that's right. Uh, but you got to also remember dividends increase. Dividends increase, uh, so they don't stay stagnant. So there's nothing wrong with holding on a bunch of dividend-paying stocks. Now, I kind of like the best of both worlds, Jerry. I like the dividend income, and I also like the bond income for when you're in retirement. And I like building a laddered bond. And depending on the size of your portfolio, you could split it. The other part of my portfolio is a uh, Mm six-year bond ladder with uh, investment-grade corporate bonds. Okay. Now, see, I like that. We, I have a program that's exactly the same thing called the balanced income portfolio. Well, half of it is high dividend paying stocks and half of it is high dividend paying, high, high yield bonds. And I ladder them and I go out six years. Pretty pretty much similar to what and, you're doing. And, and Steve, why, I have to why is, I, I like that. I dear by listening to your podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm very happy for you. That's great. And what that does is when the bond ladder, when the... When the first one comes due, you can roll it out to five or six years, and if interest rates are going up, you're going to get more and more yield. Great. At the same time, the bonds, the stock side gives you potential of growth in the portfolio, not only just the income. But if you're holding on to blue chip stocks, you just be patient. Some some years it's going to work great, and some years they just you know go sideways and don't do much. But they hold up pretty well, you know. So you just well, ignore good. it, just live off the income. No, I like well, thank it. you very much. I was hoping that would be your response. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I think you're doing the right thing. Remember, you're in retirement. You want the income, and you don't necessarily want the ex- total exposure uh, of the stock market, but you like that exposure to get some growth in the value of your portfolio, and that's what that does. But you just got to remember, it's focused on income, income, income. People get, you know, I have... Uh, I've talked to clients who are in this program, and you know they. I tell them, don't expect a lot of growth. Just that's not how it's designed. I mean, how can it be designed that way when half the money or more is used in buying bonds or sitting in cash? It can't grow fast. It just can't. But it's pretty durable. It's pretty safe. And if the market crashes, you'll be very happy. <laughs> you know, so. The only time you're really not that happy is the market screaming up like last year. And you go, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going up nearly as fast. Well, you're not. that's not the program that you're in. It's not designed to do that. This is the best talk, everybody. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. If you're carrying a lot of debt, fixing that has to come before investing. You really got to get that debt. First thing is to look at the rate of the amount of debt. What's the interest rate you're paying on that debt? credit card debt, you need to cut it. If you need some ideas, I welcome any money question. 888-99-CHART. You can get through right now on Invest Talk. Invest Talk continues. Dividend-focused ETFs. There's a whole list of them, a short list, hand-picked by Steve, to show you a broad mix of dividend-paying stocks and other equities that pay steady dividends. 
If you're an InvestTalk insider, get yours today by signing up on InvestTalk.com. 99 chart. What do you need to know to improve your portfolio? Rather than zeroing in on stocks, let's look at the mix of that portfolio. I really think it's smart to look at the mix right now because we're in a volatile time and there's going to be certain sectors that are going to lead the way when we finally get out of the slump. So I welcome your questions. Our main talking point today is, is, send, is Wall Street sending us a wake-up call? Now, some other things I want to talk about. The global economy is getting stronger. Is it? Not according to these charts. We're going to look at that. The Federal Reserve keeps interest rates steady. They met today. I want to kind of briefly talk about that at least. And why the stock market is falling amid the best first quarter results in 24 years. Think about that. Best First quarter earnings results in 24 years. And yet the stock market is not, not going up. Why? I mean, that should be impressive, shouldn't it? Better than everybody anybody expected. Still, the stock market doesn't care. Why? Well, I'll give you some theories. and We can beat them around if you want, back and forth. But that's what we're, that's what we're dealing with. I mean, today the market was down $174, for the, uh, 174 points on the Dow, $30 on the NASDAQ, and 19 points on the S&P. And that's after the Fed came out and said, we're not raising rates. Hmm. Now, initially, the market liked it, but not by the end of the day. Hmm. Why? Not raising rates, not raising rates, means that cost of doing business is going to be less. The fear of too fast too fast and too furious of rate increases, which would slow the economy, is reduced because they didn't raise it. Now, at the same time, they did say that they're going to raise rates later on. So it's probably next next time they meet, I think it's June, rates are going up. This is Best Talk. Here's a challenge. Determine how to split your money between stocks, bonds, and cash based on your time frame and personal comfort with risk. Can you do it? Do you know how to answer that? We're here to help, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk continues on a service of KPP Financial, serving the average investor for more than 25 years. And now it's time to bring your money question to the table. 888-99-CHART is our anytime number on InvestTalk. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Manu in Fremont. How are you doing, Manu? Hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just heard Thank you saying that the market is falling, even the best earnings in 24 years. Correct. Uh, in my opinion, the, it has not fallen that much because the next wave no, is going to check. Uh, the reason yeah, is the non-gap and gap earnings. People don't realize, I see a lot of companies just losing money and saying we are making it by uh, excluding the shares they sell from big companies to the small ones. So, 
I of course think that is of what is going to happen. The money, is, money flow is stopping to spend on these kind of companies. Uh, well, so Manu, the they've done, they played those, Manu, 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 they've done those kind of tricks for decades. They, those tricks are not new, you know, that, that they cheat like that. I mean, I, I, that's not news to you, is it? I mean, yeah, we know that they're cheating, no. but, yeah, but they still have really good, strong earnings. Yeah, the other my, uh, the other end is getting very cheap. Some companies trading nine, ten PE. So that means that there is something under the floor which is being pulled down. Uh -huh. What do you think it is? Up. I have a couple of theories. I'm, I'm going to talk about them during this hour. I have a couple of theories of why that is happening. Why? Even though why is stocks getting cheaper? Some are getting cheaper and some are more expensive. I agreed. I, I totally agree with you on that. But shouldn't the cheaper stocks be moving up? And they're not. They're getting cheaper. Many thanks for the call. I appreciate it. That is an interesting conundrum right now as to why. Why? I mean, we have some very good earnings. I mean, excellent earnings coming in. And maybe we already built the price into it last year. That's part of it, I'm sure. But, and we really haven't fallen that much. Manu's correct. It's only, what, 10% correction from the top to the bottom? So, and, but it has been a long correction because it started in February. We're now in May. And we're still in it. Nothing's happening. We're not, when I say that we're still in a correction, we're still in that range of 0 to 10%. We're at the bottom of that range. But it hasn't fallen further to make a deeper correction. And it hasn't been able to break above the old highs. We're just stuck in this range the longer we're stuck in the range and earnings are still coming in strong the better it is because that means the market will rally at some point and values values in the market are coming to a much more normal amount remember i don't know how long ago we talked about i said the market was overvalued all last year and i said okay there's a couple ways it can start this out one is have a nice deep correction Another is to just go sideways until earnings catch up. And here we have a nice, you know, normal correction, about 10%, and we're going sideways. So what is that doing? That's helping to shake out the overvaluations. We're still not there yet. I'm not pretending we're there yet. But the longer it goes this way, the better for eventually strong market, for another leg up in the market. It's always, isn't, I find all this fascinating, by the way. <laughs> I, I do, anyway. Um, anyway, so what is what, what is the Wall Street trying to, you know, there's a wake-up call going on. Are we, anybody paying attention to what's really happening? I mean, you know, you have to understand the market's being very, very volatile. We haven't seen this volatility in a couple of years. Now, I've told you before, it's not that abnormal. It's just abnormal according to the last couple of years. But not long term, no. Now, so what can you do? Well, you can be proactive. You don't have to just sit and do nothing. Maybe you need to buy some defense and maybe a defensive type position, maybe a bond, you know, a bond mix in there. And, I, I, and I'm not big on bonds, you know that, but I do think it's a good 
Alternative, we talked about the bond ladder for part of your portfolio. I think that's smart. You know, you get income, especially those people are close to retirement. Have a safe place to go. Okay, you know, retirement, how much money you do not want, based on your risk tolerance, how much you don't want to expose to the stock market. Have that in your head. How much is it? What percentage of your portfolio? And then what is the safe harbor, safe place to go? What, where is that? You can buy precious metals. You can go to cash, U.S. treasuries. Those are very safe positions. Gold can be volatile, but I think it's in this kind of market, might be a good place to hide if you want to hide some of your assets from the market. And keep your retirement income on top of your head. The conversation we had before, income in retirement, that's what you're focused on. Yeah, the values might go down, but your income won't if you set it up correctly. Those are the things you got to think about. Consider them. Learn how to build a portfolio like that. You know, understand how it works. You can do it. It's not rocket science. It just takes a little work. Maybe you don't have time to do it, but you can do it. So what's coming up on our next Invest Talk? You're sticking with stocks, right? That will be one of the topics when we do our show tomorrow, Thursday. As always, we're here to answer your questions on any money topic. Call me right now at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. This is Invest Talk. Our podcast continues next. First, good reason number five for a portfolio checkup with Steve. Steve says that many portfolios he looks at are weighted in just one or two sectors. A diverse mix of market sectors is so important to the health of a retirement portfolio. Steve can help you reorganize your retirement portfolio. He can make suggestions about the sectors of the future. And if you'd like a KPP financial program that fits your goals and your life situation. There's never a cost for Invest Talk listeners and no sales pitch or obligation of any kind ever. To schedule your one-on-one conversation with Steve, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab and then portfolio review or you can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts. And now let's continue with the podcast. This is Invest Talk. If you have a question and you'd like to talk it over, our anytime number is 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. We're going to talk to Bill in Petaluma. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing fine. And how about yourself? I am doing great. I do really appreciate the call. Okay, so my question is about uh, public storage preferred. You were referenced. You were talking just a bit ago about uh, you know you got to find other ways to uh, mm-hmm. make a buck or keep your money. Right. And. Right. Right. I, I need to know what, where my thinking is wrong, if that's the case, in, in, in light of this. Okay. Public storage uh, preferred uh, offers uh, over 5% a, a year on, on their preferred shares. And they're yeah. trading at a discount, as they quite often do, but not always, um, Right. To, to where... Once they call it, and the one that I'm looking at uh, is 
has already been called, is past its date where it can be called. So okay, if that's so they can the call case, it whenever they, they want to. Right, they can whenever they want after five years or so. But it uh, right. it's down about a dollar forty cents right now. So and they'd have to pay you the twenty five dollars uh, per share once it's uh, called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, if they decide not to call it because the interest rates are lower than than what's out there, they uh, mm-hmm. they're still paying this five percent or more per year. Uh, it sounds better to me than a CD. It is better than a CD, my, but there's risks. There's risks that it yeah. has that a CD does not have, right? I mean, of course. What's the uh, main yeah, risk? A, uh, uh, okay. okay. The main risk you're dealing with, whenever you buy a preferred, and for everybody else, let me let me bring in everybody else, Bill, if you don't mind. For everybody else, a preferred stock it acts like a bond. And, and, and Bill described it pretty accurately. They pay a percentage, and it's 5%, this one. Uh, and bond, they, these preferred stocks can be callable. callable. Callable means they can pay you back the bond, the par value of the bond uh, of the preferred or the value of whatever they sold it at and take it back and you don't get your 5%, you just get the, you just get your money back. So it is already past the callable date, so now they can call it anytime they want. So why would they pay 5% if they can borrow money cheaper? Well, maybe they can't buy money cheaper now. Maybe the money is getting more expensive and they won't call it. Maybe they just need it and they don't want to go through the process of reissuing more preferred or getting a loan from the bank or whoever. Uh, so there's very little risk, Bill. Uh, the risk is small, okay, because public okay. storage whenever you're t- is a strong company. So whenever yep. you're looking at a preferred, it's the strength of the company behind it that you worry about. That's it. That's all you need to worry about. How strong is that company? Well, per public storage is pretty strong. It's a $35, $36 billion size company. They're going to make $10.50 this year. They're going to make $10.93 next year. They've made money every year and grown their money every year for the last 10 years since the, re- the recession. So uh, there's, it's, a, it's not growing fast, but your your risk on a that, bo- that preferred is very, very small. It's bigger than being a CD because CDs have, they're insured, right? FDIC insured. Sure. This is the risk of the company. I don't see a lot of risk. Your risk is the company's strong enough. I don't think there's much risk there. Now the risk is, will they call it? But you're telling me it's under under par value, under value. Yes, yes, yes it is. For a and, and they have a lot of other issues or series that uh, have been callable uh, even back as far as a year ago, and they haven't called them yet. So then that kind of hints that your risk is low. And even if they That's call it, you're still going to make money. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Where yeah. was my thinking really bad? No. No. You're, you no not, your thinking's correct. Yeah, your thinking's correct. I think you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you try. very much, Steve. Lisa, and, and th- thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Bill. And it gets, him, gets Bill away from some exposure of the market. Stock market prices fluctuating up and down. 
you know, still has some exposure, BNA preferred, but not nearly as, as the market exposure. So, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The Federal Reserve met and said we're going to leave interest rates alone. They're going not going to touch them. The market initially liked that and then fell back and ended up down for the day. But they did also say in that same statement, and by the way, do you know what the current, the interest rates we're talking about that they're leaving alone. I, I always want to make sure this is clear to everybody. They, the Federal Reserve does not control all the interest rates out there. What the mortgage rate is, what interest rate, what paid on uh, treasury bills, they don't control any of that. None. None. They control one rate. Basically, they control one rate. And that's the overnight rate to the banks that borrow money from the Federal Reserve. So if you're a bank and you want to borrow money, you borrow from the Federal Reserve, and that rate is 1.5 to 1.75%. That's the rate that they change. So why is, that, why is that important? Because when the banks borrow money, they borrow money from the Federal Reserve and lend it to you and me and to businesses and everything else. The higher the cost to them to borrow that money, they're going to pass that cost along to you. So it tightens money supply in the economy, or it loosens it if they lower the rate. Okay, so that's how that works. And it's a long time before it affects the economy. It takes a long time to wind its way into the economy. Months. Months. Now, they also said in their statement that inflation on a 12-month basis is expected to run near the Federal Reserve's rate, the rate that they want, their objective rate, the rate that, that, that they think is something that's good. I don't know why they think a 2% is a good inflation rate, but that's what they want, 2% inflation. And they think that the, the economy is getting there or is going to be there in the next 12 months. And it's very close to there now. So that's what they, they said coming out this morning. Now, also out this week, we've had some bunch of economic numbers. We're going to have the jobs report, the official jobs report on Friday, I think it is. But ADP jobs report came out, and they said that there was 204,000 new jobs produced last month, which was, you know, a, a decent number, a strong number. The Federal Reserve doesn't see inflation getting out of control, but yet they said they plan on several rate increases throughout the rest of this year. They're not stopping. They just stopped today. So we're looking at, and, and the, the real issue, is it going to be three or four? And the Federal Reserve itself, the Federal officials, are split on whether it's going to be three or four times this year. Mm -hmm. Now, as rates go up, the tendency is to slow the economy. It's a very long uh, drag, I and mean, it takes a long time before it does affect the economy, but it does. Now, let's get back to our 24-hour listener line and pick up another question. 888-99-CHART is our anytime number. Hi, Steve. My name is Gary from Massachusetts. I was trying to get your opinion on your show, Phyllis Morris and Altria Group, for the long-term holding. I know they both went down recently, wanted to know, if they would both be good holdings in the future. If you could answer these questions on your radio show, that would be great. Thank you. Take care. 
Okay, both these are tobacco companies. Uh, Philip Morris M.O. used to be, Ultra, Ultra and Philip Morris used to be combined, one company, then they split. Philip Morris one way, Ultra group the other, they both sell tobacco. Philip Morris uh, makes cigarettes old worldwide under Marlboro, L&M, and other brands. I don't know much about cigarettes myself. They also sell cigars, pipe tobacco. But for years and years and years, these stocks have been dividend payers. You buy them because they pay a solid dividend. You wait till they become cheap, then you buy them. Now, I'm looking at the chart of Philip Morris, and the chart all last year turned down, was going slowly down, mostly, at least for the middle of the year. I should go back further. And just recently, in March, they went from $101, $102 a share, Today, they're 80, 20% fall. That's just in April, since April. But they've been falling since the beginning of the year, since of last June, higher, uh, lower lows, lower highs. So now it's really given up the ghost. Now, you buy these kind of companies when they're cheap. Because Philip Morris is going to have difficulty, any cigarette company has difficulty growing, and they certainly aren't growing in the United States. But they are growing internationally, and Philip Morris is growing about 10 11% in sales per quarter, and a quarter over quarter, uh, and uh, you know, quarter year quarter over last year's quarter. That's how that works. Uh, the earnings are going to be up 10% next year, 12% this year. The PE is it's an $80 stock. They're going to make $5.79. So the PE is what you're really concerned with. It's going to probably be around 16, 15, 16, and their low PE is 14. So it's getting closer and closer to that low PE value stock, and the dividend is 5.3%. 5.3. You buy the stock for the dividend. I would wait till it turns sideways and even up a little bit before you buy it. You want to see some strength coming in it. I think we're, you, you had a big sell-off recently. Probably it was all about earnings. That would be my guess. They came in and disappointing because it went from $101, $102 in one day down to $85. That, I'm sure that was earnings, and they were disappointed. I haven't looked it up. But, yeah, I think this is getting in the range that it becomes attractive. You just got to wait. Be patient. Don't have to jump right in right away. I know you've got a lot on your plate, everybody. If you haven't already, you need to set up your financial goals. They need to be in keeping with your future needs. You need to identify expanding expenses when you retire, if there are. You got to look at housing, college for the kids. The, you know, all that costs money in the same time period that you should be socking away as much as you can for retirement at your age. So determine retirement expenses and goals. How much are you going to cost in the retirement? There's all kinds of retirement calculators. You don't have to guess. They'll calculate it for you. There's out there. And you really got to try and accomplish certain things. You know, uh, your, your goal in your life is to be happy, be comfortable in your wealth, and healthy. Really, that's it. Those three goals will do it. Anyways. So everybody needs to draw up a plan of some kind. And there are shortcuts. Uh, you know, there are. If you use technology, they'll help you. But you got to learn how to do it. 
But when I meet with people, there's things I try to accomplish at my individual meetings with listeners. I really do a handful of these a month, really. But I, I do enjoy helping people. And those people that have called me and asked me for advice, I don't try to talk into anything. It's not my style. Just not. But I try to give you ideas, what you can do, what you should do. You know, of course, I money, manage money, and I would love to you know, be your investment advisor. I, I want to do that. That's what I do. Um, if you would like to set aside for an hour or so with me, or even Justin, we can use Skype, or we can just talk on the phone. I do, I'll be in the Bay Area next month. So it's all up to you. To reserve a time, just go to investtalk.com and click on the portfolio review. Do you have questions about college savings plans? The new tax bill stops the Coverdale program, but both Series 1 savings bonds and Section 529 college savings plans offer tax-advantaged ways to save for college. What are the merits of a prepaid tuition plan? These are offered by individual states, and there are disadvantages too, but it should be something to look into. Ask your question about it now if you'd like at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Aaron calling from New York City. I wanted to get your opinion on Molson Coors, TAP. I know uh, that they're near their 52-week lows and that historically beer and liquor have been, I think, the second most productive in terms of returns historically. So I wanted to hear if you think this is a good entry point. Thanks. I'll listen on the podcast. Take care. Well, they missed their numbers by a few pennies today. Uh, so they got they took it on the chin. Went from $71 a share down to $60.64. Really took a beating to 12, 13, 14% or so in one day. Uh, so that was painful. One of the reasons it's painful is because in one of our it's in one of our uh, uh, one of our one of our programs, one of our investment programs, this stock. TAP is a simple why is it in there? Because it's such a solid company. They grow earnings consistently. They increase their dividends consistently. Uh, and it's fairly inexpensive. It's not cheap, but it's fairly inexpensive. Now it's much less expensive than it was yesterday. But it's like the previous stock. you got to kind of wait till it turns sideways, like Philip Morris. It's, still, it's gone down. We thought it stopped going down, but it didn't. So it's, you should kind of wait till it turns sideways on you, and it's only been one day. But yeah, I think it's a good solid buy. They don't have much debt. Management owns three percent. It's a twelve billion dollar company. Uh, it's international in scope. You know, it manufactures beers, uh, Coors under Coors Light, Carling, Keystone, Filsner, Molson Brands, so, millions. It's all over the world. So it's a good, solid company. You just got to wait till the turn sideways. This is Invest Talk, everybody. 888 99 Let's get back to your calls on Invest Talk for this Wednesday, May 2nd. Investors are just realizing that you don't earn an average of 10% annually without taking some risk and suffering some pain. But you're sticking with stocks, though, right? That's the topic next time. Do you have a question now for Steve? 888-99-CHART is how to reach him on Invest Talk. 
Okay, let's go talk to Paul in Sacramento. How you doing, Paul? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Go ahead. Doing well, doing well. So I had a question about Cummins, uh, CMI is the ticker. It looks like they may have missed some expectations at their last earnings, and the stock's taking a little bit of a dive, and it's getting close to their 52-week low. I was wondering if you thought that was something they were going to continue, or would this be a good value play right now and, and hold on to it for a little while? This is a good value play. Um, it looks like it broke down today. So it's like those other two I talked about, Paul. you got to wait till it stops going down and moves sideways. Even though it didn't make yeah. their estimates, it still had very good earnings. $2.43 a share. It's not like they lost money or something. Nothing like that at all. They just don't grow as fast as the expert wanted them to grow. So now the PE is down to what? 14 to 13. It's going to be it's a $146 stock. going to make $13.66 this year up about 6 or 7% from last year instead of the 10 or 12% the experts were looking for. So I think this is just setting itself up to be a buying opportunity, Paul. Let it go sideways. Let's see where it shakes out. Then for long term, pays a 3% dividend and it's pretty solid. It is an economically sensitive stock, though. It will go down in the next recession. Okay? Do you see a, Thanks, you see a low... Uh, oh. okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was asking if you saw like a low um, support point for it coming up, or is it? Can you tell? Yeah, right around. It's at $146, and it had a lot of support right around 148. So it might recover that by tomorrow. That would be very. If it stays there and starts to move up from there, that's when I'd pick it up. But you got to wait. Paul, thank you very much. Let's go to Wesley in Modesto. How you doing, Wesley? Hi, Steve. I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I'm calling. I'm calling because of URI United Rentals. Uh, they sell their earnings, and today they had a nice little bounce up at right right above what I would call support at 144, even though they are at 147. Yep. Okay. I, I see. No, I see where you're getting at. Technical and fundamental analysis with a zero uh, zero dividend, but a nine nine PE. Okay, right, support comes in right around 145-ish in that area. And then the 200-day moving average is right around 153 or so. And the stock is at 149. So it's in that very, uh, it's in that area that it should hold. And it just, you know, you need to wait some time because it's just two or three days. That is not enough time. We need to see if it holds. And United Rental, everybody, provides construction and industrial equipment rentals and sells throughout almost a 1,000 locations in the U.S. and Canada, they're going to make $16.99 a share, and it's a $149 stock. So that tells you the P.E. is going to be under 10. And don't get too excited about that, though, Wesley, because the low the range is 5 to 19. So they've always had a low P.E. That's where they are. So I, I would think that to pick this up, you want to pick it up when it's, you know, looking pretty inexpensive. And right now, it doesn't look bad. It's, it's not it's not cheap, according to its own numbers. But it, the sales are doing quite well. They were up, this most recent quarter, up 23%. So, no, uh, I, wait till it turns sideways, and it'll be a good pickup price if you can get it at around the $150 or so. Okay? And how much time do I have? 
Okay, BJ, Fremont, want to talk about gold. How you doing, BJ? I'm going good. Thank you, Steve, for taking the call. Uh, yeah, Thank I was you. thinking of uh, looking at the gold at this point. It has come at uh, GDX. Uh, actually, I was looking at gold miners index, and uh, that is uh, coming at uh, pretty uh, at the low end of its uh, resistance level. Uh, what do you think about it, uh, and uh, what will be good entry point? Uh, uh, I like the idea, BJ. Um, I don't know if you read that article about multi-billionaire out of Egypt, second richest man in Egypt, put half his billions of dollars into gold because he thinks that's what's going to work really well. Um, this is probably a decent, lots of sport around $22. It's at $22 and what, $22.38? I think this is a good place. If you want to be a buyer of this GDX, this is where you'd be a buyer of. Thanks for the call, BJ. Appreciate it. Time to end the hour. A reminder, I will be in San Jose for individual retirement views. These can really help you get your retirement portfolio on track. The date is June 6th. June 6th. Reserve your hour right now on investtalk.com. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Justin Klein and I thank you for making this part of your day. So let's meet here again on Thursday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor.